0: You are listening to Eleven O'Clock Comics Episode One. Welcome to the premiere episode of 11 O'Clock Comics. We're
1: what back. Time about- it- I, I, thought, I thought it was like we were getting back together for Bullpen Bulletins. Episode 34. <laughs> okay, see, I'm going to go by the subtitle of that. That's what I'm telling everybody.
0: Okay. You know, if we did Bullpen Bulletins again, I'd last maybe, what, about 15 minutes? <laughs> seconds, seconds.
1: <laughs> but see, this this is like this is great, though, because we have you... And and of course the person who we had on to close to to turn off the lights
0: that's right at the
1: end of the episode
0: and and he begged um, and
1: he (laughs) pleaded with us no say it's not so not like this
0: and so
2: I took I think I'm I'm still hungover
0: (laughs) (laughs) I took him up on his offer and we dragged him back into the studio and I heard you miss us we're back David Price and the B back in the studio together with our best buddy Chris Niesman for what we hope will be a fairly long run of scintillating comics discussion. But this time, it will be open-ended. We can talk about anything we want to. We don't have to focus on a particular company or a particular uh, type of comic. We can do
1: indies. We can do superheroes. We can do vertigo. We can do... Whatever idea pops in your head. That's right. It doesn't right. have to be about publishers. It could be about however we feel about the state of the industry, about... it it doesn't matter the fact that you know do you prefer single monthly shoes do you prefer collected editions do you prefer black and white do you prefer color do you you know it yeah whatever open-ended there There are no limits to this show
0: the 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 future (laughs) is very bright that's what i'm trying to say which i
1: have a feeling is what should have been from the get-go with you uh with me yeah yeah,
0: you have you're you're much more disciplined than I am. You you like your stuff and you don't tire of it. I am not like that. I get bored really easy with things, uh, certain things. And Thank you. yeah, and I and I have to mix it up a little bit. So uh, here we are. And you know, for the uninitiated, I'm Vince B. You Used to hear me on that bullpen bulletins thing with the guy on my left, or is it my right? No, it's my right. What's your name again?
1: Uh, David Price. Good old David
0: Price, my buddy, and in the other corner we have the world famous Chris Neesman. <laughs> That's
2: a small, small world. <laughs> Dave, what's up, brother? Hey, Dave. You know, it, it's, I, I I hear it all the time. Whenever we went on hiatus on on around comics, people were constantly talking about, "Oh no, it's Bolton bulletin Bolton's all all over again." That, and there are still people. That clamor for for blooping and and So I'm excited to be a part of this with you guys because yeah. I missed that show and and I've missed you guys. Oh what? shit, dude! I miss. Well, first of all, I think I, I
1: think it's obvious that I miss Vince. And but the fact that <laughs> you were in my backyard last weekend and I didn't get to see you. And, yeah, and no, I don't think I'm going to – I'm not sure if I'm even going to see you this year. That that kills me. But, I mean, if I have a chance to talk to you, if I, if, if I can give you a call or just <laughs> shoot you a message, I'm I'm all over it. So the fact that I'm here hanging out with you two, that just – that makes my night.
0: Oh, you will see him this year. Oh, yeah. 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 It'll happen. Oh, you, yeah, you guys ha- are coming to my house? No, you're coming to Chicago. <laughs> It, yeah, it's it's, it's going to happen, buddy. We'll talk yeah. about that later. But, yeah. But but, sure. but anyway, j- just so everyone out there is on the same page, you can listen to David if you're not getting enough of them here. You can listen to David <laughs> on a weekly show he puts out called Marvel Noise on the Derek Coward uh, feed, the Deliberate Noise Network. Great show. And then Chris recently <laughs> resurrected around comics, and boy, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that episode. Chris is back, so it's like the Renaissance of comics podcasting. <laughs> as if we needed another one out there, but who cares? You know, well, we're, we're... we were
2: rusty though, weren't we? No, you were no. perfect. You were right oh, on the no. Had it, to I had to knock the rust off there. Man. The, the only awful.
0: thing I would have added to the show was the big uh, sexy guy in the corner, Sal. He wasn't there.
2: Ah, uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. Don't worry about Sal.
1: Yeah. Because I, I love, I, I think it's obvious just by this that they always
2: come back. Yeah, <laughs> not well, that a movie, like a really bad one?
0: Yes, sometimes they come back, and then sometimes they come back again. <laughs> there was a sequel, <laughs> honest to God.
2: But uh, that should be the name of the show. Sometimes <laughs> and, they come back.
0: And just in case you missed it, uh, it is called Eleven O'clock Comics, and mm-hmm. we we. we Volleyed a, a bunch of names back and forth. Modoc, yeah, ate that went my, on for a while. Yeah, Modoc ate my baby. You know, just it just real irreverent stuff. he's not a, okay. Yeah, yeah, and then today, Chris said after Dark Comics and and david, comics
2: after dark comics
0: yeah. after dark and david made a snide comment
2: <laughs> no
1: i didn't i said i like that but it, to me that that was
2: like no like no
1: no you said dark, you or... said you said that's cute <laughs> yes i did you're right i said that's cute and then vince came back with 11 o'clock comics because and i said that works because it's true it's tradition that's when we've always recorded um, mm-hmm. bullpen bulletins and whenever you have been on. we Because said, the, the, the East Coast time is the real time. I don't know what the hell Chris is doing out there,
2: but in any case, 11 o'clock comics works.
0: I think East Coast is the galactic time. Everybody goes
2: by the East Coast. What am I doing? I'm going to bed before midnight is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. That's true. And, so what uh, are we going to talk about today, gents?
0: Well, uh, just one more thing. If... Uh, If there's anybody listening that is a fan of bullpen bulletins and enjoyed our discussions but didn't like the little extra audio uh, shenanigans I included in every episode, rest easy because there's not going to be any of that here. I uh, have taken it upon myself to... Make sure that this show comes out every week. Maybe not the same day every week, but it will come out once a week. And I know I shouldn't be making promises that I have a hard time keeping. But if we do it this way, audio verite, the real world, warts and all, no editing, just slap it together, get it out on time. Because I think timeliness is more important than audio explorations, you want to call them, bullshit, annoying little shit and things that I put in. Getting it out once a week is more important than that, so I'm going to sacrifice that because I don't really don't have the time anyway, and we're just going to talk <laughs> about comics and do it up because that's what people seem to want, right? Works for me. Yeah. So there we go. No messing around. Comics, that's what we're going to talk about. And and I know yeah, and I know something comics related today that David's probably going to want to discuss. <laughs> well, I didn't read it
1: yet. Well, you already know I what mean, happened. I, I already know what happens, but it doesn't mean that I, I know how it happened. But yeah,
2: okay. Oh. We,
0: well, we won't get into that. But DC Universe came out today, and there oh. was a fairly large reveal, uh, actually strung throughout the entire book. But really, the payoff was the last page, and once again, you got to give props to Morrison and Johns. Really well done.
1: Morrison, what else? I don't know.
2: The, the The New York Times spoiled it for me, man.
1: <laughs>
0: David was up no, in no, arms no.
1: today. No, no. Well, the New York <laughs> Times might have spoiled it for you, but I had a coworker send me an email with a link to the New York Times who spoiled it for me. So I don't blame the New York Times as much because I would have avoided that site. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Captain America
0: get spoiled for you too? No. Oh no, something did. I remember. What was it that you were you were all flustered? Something got spoiled. Was I flustered? I, see, you're you're I, flustered, I, yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: The, you see, the, I, I think it, may, been, it may have been Cap. Um, should we go ahead and spoil it for folks, even though I haven't read it yet, but I do know what the spoiler is?
0: Well, yeah, it let's, because, I mean, it's pretty much, it should be common knowledge now. Every site's carrying something about it. And uh, when, when David said that, actually, when he said he was spoiled, and I thought, wow, he he must have went to the Pulse site, because on on. Mm-hmm. the uh, Pulse, Jennifer Contino had uh, something along the lines of, you know, a flash is back or something like that. And, you know, dr- connect the dots, which it's not, why would they it's not make, Bart. right? May, why make a big deal about Bart? And I thought, wow, holy shit, you know, that's a pretty blatant uh, reveal there. But it wasn't, it was the New York Times. So, yeah, Barry Allen, potentially back.
1: And it uh, it's, uh, Bart, it's interesting uh, because it's, um, I don't know if, if someone was messing around with Rich Johnston or if, uh, if when he reported it, they decided to move things around because initially months ago, a, uh, he, he reported on lying in the gutters that Barry Allen was going to be a member of the Black Lantern Corps. So I don't know. And, and when Ethan VanSkyver said to Rich Johnston that, uh, I don't know where you get your information from. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but. He's working on the Black Lantern Corps event, and he says Barry Allen's not even coming up in any of our discussions. So I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if someone was having fun with Johnston and says, yeah, yeah, Barry Allen, Black Lantern Corps 2009, mark your calendar, or if after Johnston reported it, they said, okay, well, listen, we still want to bring Barry back, but instead of doing it in in, in the Green Lantern event next year, we'll do it for this. Uh, I, I have a feeling though that Morrison had this planned. Yeah,
0: I think it was deliberate misinformation on DC's part. Maybe they're learning a little bit from the way Marvel does it. Could uh, be. Who knows? <laughs> but it would be nice to see that they're trying to play the fans because that'd be really cool to deliberately float something out there that they know Johnson's going to pick up on, and lead fans in the other direction, then hit them with the you know lead with the left, hit with the right. That'd be great. And, and I hope they did do that. Kudos to them if they did. But uh, for 50 cents, what an issue. A, a lot of people I've read on message boards complain that it it lacked coherency. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you got to wonder what they're thinking, because basically it was uh, however long it was, 22 pages. It was a 22-page ad. It was a bunch of hooks designed to draw you in. Yeah. And that's what it did. It did it very well, too. There's a lot of shit in there that I want to see um, – you know, fleshed out, with the exception of the Wonder Woman part. That was the weak link for me. Don't really care. Yeah, Yeah, don't care about Wonder Woman.
2: I'm actually looking forward to Final Crisis. Me too. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. And with Barry Allen, um, I think this gives Johns a chance to write Barry Allen, which has he ever written Barry Allen before? I think there's been, you know, the, the few, like, brief cameo appearances where we're, you know, the time travel issues and whatnot. But I think this is going to be the, the first time where John's is really able to, to write Barry. So it's, and that came out in the, in that New York times article as well. didn't right. it? That, uh, that John's is going to be going to be writing a Barry Allen flash comic. Yep. Yep. So,
0: and, and, you know, I was one of Johns's biggest detractors around the infinite crisis number no. seven <laughs> era, but it was, you know, you got to give the guy props. I think he's, like I said on, on the Around Comics forum, I think John's is in his golden age. This is prime John's time.
2: Well, back you know, on on the whole Infinite Crisis thing, we can uh, skip over this pretty quickly, but do you really think that that was all John's fault the how that was resolved and uh, you go back and read that and it doesn't read like a what like jeff johns comic so no. i think there were some i think there were some other cooks in the kitchen
0: oh, on I'm that sure, one. i'm sure there was yeah. uh but then again the name on the cover is takes your full sure. responsibility so uh, yeah and if you look at the stuff that he's
1: done since
2: yeah and and, and jack kirby uh drew all those superman heads too
1: Right. Oh no, no, he did not. Well, he did initially, and then and and then uh, whoever decided that yeah, that that that's not a good look, and you went and you had Murphy Anderson, you had a Murphy Anderson Superman head on a Jack Kirby Superman body. How can you lose?
2: Yes, ladies and so gentlemen. So y- you you know, you know what I mean? It's like sometimes the name is on the comic, but the the end product is not always what you uh, what you see or read. The the Jewish guy
0: does not understand sarcasm.
2: <laughs> hey. <laughs>
1: This uh, is a. Segment. The Jewish guy's a little drunk right now. Thank you very much. Uh,
2: that's my that's my job, David. I know um,
1: <laughs> you came in late.
2: Hey, um, I had uh, I had a huge week at the comic shop. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, I only had I only had a chance to read one comic uh, before we started talking tonight, but boy was it fun. Have you guys uh, Have you guys read Daredevil uh, Blood of the Tarantula yet?
1: It was uh it was my pick of the week on Marvel Noise this week.
2: And and it, it's an standing. awesome Um Vince, do you know who put this one together?
0: Why don't you tell me about it? Because as I've said in other places, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not reading any Marvel. <laughs> Well, no, that's a lie. I'm sorry. He's I, reading
1: Omega for another few months.
0: I'm reading Omega the Unknown, God, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm reading The Dark Tower because that series is just phenomenal.
2: Well, but, did you uh, did you read Capote in Kansas from Oni? Yes this reunites that team. This is Andy Parks and Chris Somney doing a Daredevil book. And uh, it's not just Andy Parks. It is uh, the story was uh, co-plotted by Ed Brubaker and Andy Parks, and Andy scripted it, and Chris Somney did art. And it is it is a different style for Chris than, than you've seen in the past. Um, but... He's he's really pulling off a a nice look for Daredevil. It's kind of in the same in the same vein as what we've seen from Mike Clark and um, uh, Alex Maleev, as far as the the very dark and gritty look that works so well with Daredevil. So uh, great story, great art, big props on on a one shot story that was really fun, really entertaining. So and, and their um, Chris Somney and Andy Parks are are two of my favorite people in the industry anyway and it's it's really awesome to see them doing some some fun stuff at Marvel
0: Chris is one of those guys that you can't help but like the guy because he Mm -hmm. he comes off so as so personable and you know he's for a guy he's very attractive and he just has this (laughs) you know this this impish quality about him but when you see Mm -hmm. his work you want to kill him because for a guy that young he should not be as good as he is Mm. he 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 draws like a bastard and he has this 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 old school sentiment to his work that really it's amazing I love his stuff but yeah I I still won't read it Uh, I may look at it
1: (laughs) It, Vince is allergic to good books
2: right now oh uh... you know It's it's really a different style from Chris. If you if you like his black and white stuff from Capote and Kansas or what he did on Queen and Country, this is this is very different. I mean, this is you know it's color. It's um, I think it's a little bit looser style. Mm It doesn't rely so much on the heavy blacks and shadows that uh, that is. That is black and white. Work is um, you know just so distinctive. Whenever you see a Chris Somney page, you you can. Tell but I think that yeah, I think the line is there mm-hmm.
1: that that you can still tell that it's Chris. It's not like you can mm-hmm, look at sure. it and go, "Well, is it David Lark? Is it?" I mean, it it <laughs> still has that Chris feel to it. But you're right; it doesn't. It, it's not you know the negative space or the heavy blacks. It's not. It it is. It is colored Chris Somni so it looks a little different, mm-hmm. but you can still, just like you could always tell when it was a Ditko book or a Byrne book or a Kirby book, you can still tell that, that Somni drew
2: this. It's funny because it's kind of like it went through the, um, you know, the Marvel Blender. It, it kind of got Marvelized his style, and he did some work on Exterminators, and I kind of felt like his style kind of got the uh, uh, vertigoed, you know, where you, you kind of, <laughs> like, you see that, you see, you know, honestly with guys like, you know, Mike Norton, where, um, you know, he'll switch from one book to another, and, and he'll he'll make adjustments to his style. And, and I actually take my uh, my hat off to those guys because I think they do it, for a very fan-friendly reason, that um, you know, this, this didn't look totally like Chris's style, but it felt like a Daredevil book, and and he pulled it off. But it's um, you know, yeah, I, I think he made some some changes to his style, but it worked, and and it felt like a great Daredevil story that we've kind of come to you know expect since the uh, the Bendis Malév run.
0: Speaking of Mike Norton. I picked mm-hmm. up Blue Beetle number twenty six today. Didn't you guys? It's was pretty, it, wasn't it? You know, it's it's pretty and it's really good. Uh, well, Mike's always good, but I'm really starting to see the Burn influences in Mike's work.
1: Just starting to mm. now?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it was it just passed me by before, or it was kind of subtle. But this one, you can really see the Burn influence, and it's like it's not Mike Norton drawing Burn or trying to ape burn it's it's they're honest to god things that that have seeped into mike's style that he maybe thought worked for burn that he's you know filtered through his own little thing and he made them their own it's a really good looking issue really good because when you looked at the countdown work that mike did there were, i didn't see any burn influences at all but but this is really nice uh very striking striking work my,
2: Mike's work is is so interesting. He can be such a chameleon with yeah, stuff, exactly. and I think a lot of it a lot of it depends on who is inking him. But he's very conscious about about the look that he's going after. The even whenever we've talked about it a little bit, if you look at what he just did on Green Arrow, Black Canary, it's he's he's doing Cliff Chang, mm-hmm. but he's doing it well. Right. And if you look at what he did on All New Adam, he was doing. John Byrne, and he was doing it very well, maybe even better than what like Byrne is doing. Byrne right now, yeah. and I, I picked up a, I picked up a, a graphic novel that he did with Anthony Johnston several years ago uh, when I was out at WonderCon, and it's called Closer. and it was it nothing like anything else I've seen Mike do. It's a totally different, very indie, black-and-white, uh, almost goth look to it. So, I mean, Mike does great, like, D.C. house-style stuff, but I, I really am looking forward to seeing him kind of spread his wings and and really settle on his own style, hopefully, in the next year or so as he gets into, you know, green or black canary.
1: Right. Now well, I, I have a question I'm sorry, Vince. I um I know Vince had a topic that and I and I hope that we, we do touch on this, but and we can come back to this later, but when Chris just said it, it it made something go off in my head. No, years ago uh-oh. when you had something and uh when you had a fill in, when you had like if you have a a run of I don't know, say Ross Andrew on Spider Man, and then all of a sudden, you know, John Romita Sr. came in for a fill-in because Ross was sick or something. So, it. But you could still tell it was a little different, even if the start. Do you? What I'm trying to ask is, does it? But with Norton, kind of, I don't want to say emulating because I don't want to, to give the wrong. I don't want to make make it sound mm-hmm. negative, but with him emulating Chang, or if he were to like say take over the next men for a few issues from burn and and he emulated burn does that do you want to see somebody do you want to see a different artist come in and draw like the artist who normally draws that book or do you want to see the artist just draw the way they draw do the issue or two or three whatever the story is and then move on
2: hmm. that's a good question i think I think it depends on the book. I think it depends on where it is in the story. I think it depends on who the artist is. Um, Well, I I think that's... mm -hmm. It does make
0: sense. Sorry about that. It does make sense in terms of marketing, uh, especially Mm -hmm. when you take into account that virtually everything these days goes to trade. And your trade buyer is usually not the monthly reader. So... Uh, when you have a five issue series and the regular artist takes off for one issue in the middle and you have mm-hmm. someone like Norton come in who pretty much emulated Paco Medina on New X Men. I had to take a, a couple looks mm-hmm. at it just to make sure, you know, I knew who I was looking at because he, he came really close to Paco Medina. And, yep. uh, so when you, when you have all the issues collected in a trade, it's seamless, e- even though there may be slight Differences in the mm-hmm. art, the tone of the book remains the same. You're not going to get someone like, uh, say, Paco Medina and put Sienkiewicz in for an issue and then continue the last two with Paco mm-hmm. Medina. The flow remains intact. And I think that's what maybe Mike has taken into consideration, that he's looking at the big picture, not just the monthlies.
2: He he, uh, he is really, really fan-friendly when it comes to that, and he understands that, you know, with Green Arrow, Black Canary, he knows that people really love what, what Cliff Chang was doing, and I think he's very conscious about making that a smooth transition, and you'll see that art change, I think, over the next couple months, but you know you look at it, it you know going back to you know what series it is and where it is you know in the you know i i can't go a podcast without talking about queen and country and you look at
1: each <laughs> this is you, you you
2: look at you look at each one of those those story arcs that go through that series and and each each arc has its own artist and that i think is very important to that series and i can't you know it, it's been very few times that that you've seen an artist, uh, I think, actually once, and and it was the Mike Norton um, story. I think um, crossed over uh, artists but you know, you look at something like uh, like the All New Adam, and that was that was very early in that series. Byrne did what the first three issues,
0: I think, three or four. Yeah,
2: and and Mike came in and and boom, he nailed it, and and it was it was very seamless, and and so you know, he's good at that. It's like if they had had Anybody else? Um, you know, Jim Chung comes in after that. It would have been it would have been really weird. So no, Jim, I'm. Yeah. yeah,
0: it would be very jarring. And you know, we're we're throwing all these titles out here that Mike mm-hmm. Norton has worked on, and we we think of him as a relative newcomer to comics. Mike's been around <laughs> a, you know, a nice amount of time, and he's
2: done a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Voltron, baby.
0: That's right. Go, Mike.
2: <laughs> to get back. Go, to, Joe. He did GI Joe too. Yeah.
0: To get back to Queen and Country just for a second, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do have to give anytime, you anytime, <laughs> baby. Anytime. anytime me. I do have to give you thanks because you have been pushing this book on me for literally years and mm-hmm. I ordered and read the what is it, the definitive Queen and Country, mm-hmm. the the collected volume. It's really good stuff. And this I'm is com- yeah, this is coming from someone who doesn't really like the spy genre. I, I can tolerate it, and the best examples are very good, and I'll enjoy them. But as a whole, you know, I, I just won't say I'm in the mood for a spy thriller thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, Queen and Country was very good. It was uh, the characters are, are extremely real.
2: How do you uh, how do you like uh, Rolston's art on that first arc?
0: I think the first arc was the best of the first definitive <laughs> trade. Yeah, I
2: like it. Um, Did that finish up with the Leonardo Fernandez or the Jason Alexander um, arc?
0: Mm, Would you like me to check? I have it right here. Um,
2: Jason Alexander, I have one one handy as well.
0: (laughs) It's under my pillow.
2: Would you like the (laughs) hardcover, the definitive edition, or the single issues?
0: (laughs) I want the one bound in uh ruckus skin. Do you have that at issue?
1: Well, well speaking, <laughs> yeah. speaking of ruckus, since you know, I don't want to be the out. man out. I recently finished <laughs> the, uh, the definitive, uh, whiteout volume one. Oh, that's nice. good yeah. stuff. Yeah, that yep. is good stuff. Yep. I was, I was those, extremely, those I, stuff. I, 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 I really, really liked it. I'll be getting the second volume and then getting on, getting mm-hmm. on to the, uh, the queen and country stuff. And I have, uh, was it his
2: first novel? I have Keeper in my bag that I started
1: recently. Mm-hmm. So cool.
2: I'm, well, I'm, I'm well, drinking we'll, the Kool Aid. We'll keep it uh, Rucka centric, but come back to uh, to Daredevil. And, and Vince, if you need to go grab a you know a soda pop or anything, you you can feel free now. You know, David mm-hmm. and I can uh, talk about the upcoming Ed Perbaker Baker oh, and Greg Rucka arc.
0: Love it. Oh, I can't. No. Wait. Yeah. Goddamn Marvel shit. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what? You know, I'm, it, not even, it, it, I'm not even. T- it, go ahead. <laughs> I don't it, well, it goes.
2: It, it goes back to a uh, to uh, a former DC book, so Vince can join back in. And this is a uh, reuniting the old Gotham Central team, which is exciting for me.
1: And that is one that that is one Batman universe book that I I, I never got around to reading. Oh, yeah. I know. I need to. I need to. Well, both you. Serious? No, film? no, no, no. I read. Yeah, I have it. Oh, yeah. oh. I'm not You're a philistine. Come on. <laughs> See, I'm not even going to go into like you know, I, I I read next week's Mighty Avengers, so I'll I'll I'm not trying to throw anything out there about oh you know I this is what I read and I'm I'm so great I'm just saying that like this is it, it it's okay that that Marvel's putting out a few books that's who that, says that, that that a couple of people want to read <laughs> that's not my not my point at all buddy I, all right was... I
0: I, I acknowledge that they are selling a lot of books and they're pleasing a lot of people. It's they're just not pleasing me lately. Uh, and and it has to do with the whole secret invasion, who can you trust, doppelgangers, shit, I think it's one of the oldest clichés in the book, you know, uh the person who's assuming the identity of someone else and they're not really who they seem and that stuff drives me crazy. I can't read books like that because I I don't like being I'm uh, whatever the stories are solid, the art is. You don't like being hoodwinked. I don't like being strung along. It's it's a it's like a shell game. Follow the shell, you know, and then all of a sudden, oop, oh, that's not what it was. We we led you in another direction, and then we pulled the rug out from under you. I that that, that just bothers me. It's like a mechanic that I don't need. But I'm not the, saying the, I'm not saying the, the books only are bad, man. I'm not. It's just I don't want to read them.
2: They're entertaining. What I've read so far, and I am liking them. My only problem with the whole scroll deal. And I hope it doesn't turn into this, is that they now have the chance to use that as a deuce ex machina to fix anything that they want to. It's, it's, oh, they were a scroll, so it doesn't count. And so, I mean, they, they have the ultimate mulligan for any bad storyline or any, you know, dropped ball as far as the, the fans are concerned. And, and I don't think they're going to do that, but they can now. They, I, they, have they. You I know what I that mean. As,
0: that's a good thing, in my opinion, because
2: yeah, you know, it's too fucking convenient. It, you know, it, that's one of the things I love about Brubaker is that he he never makes the resolution the obvious thing, which I love about his work, <laughs> and I and I think and I think that that too many times in comics we see the. Um, you know, I'll use I'll use a recent one. It's magic. We don't have to explain it. You know, we see that too much in comics.
1: Well, well I'll, I'll use one from the past. Doom, uh, a Doombot, A uh, arcade <laughs> flicks his match off of uh, <laughs> arcade <laughs> flicks match off of Doctor Doom to light a cigarette in an X Men issue that Claremont wrote and. Uh, and and we find out in an, in an issue of Fantastic Four that Byrne wrote and drew that when this this Doctor Doom returns back to to Latveria, Doctor Doom sees the scratch on the armor and says, how how would how are you going to let Doom? Why, why would Doom let some common man get close enough to to flick a match? on him and destroys the doom bot so that was Byrne's way of saying listen whatever whatever claremont whatever chris wanted to do an uncanny Men, that wasn't the real doctor doom right
0: but let's just take a character like wolverine who has been bogged down with muddled continuity for years and years and years this is a great way of just saying Screw everything since Madripoor never happened or whenever the in terms of Secret Invasion number one with the the old uh, Incredible Hulk era costume. Let's just say that none of that shit happened. Start the damn title over again and get a bunch of people who have never read it before and old time fans on the ground floor and they can enjoy well written, well drawn stories from the get go. No more continuity. And then as the continuity builds up, eventually in 20 years, you're going to have the same problem again. But it's like a, a fresh starting point. That's what the industry needs. They don't need, you know, um, a feral reincarnated animal thing with. Bone claws, and then he didn't have bone claws, and and Magneto took all the the adamantium out of. Like, nobody, I can't remember all this shit, and I'm sure even the best and longest X-Men fan has a problem putting all this stuff together. So let's just wipe it all off. It's only a character. I mean, it's it's not like they're killing him in real life. It's he doesn't. It's just a character. Wipe it all away and start over again. That'd be brilliant. They did it with Spider-Man, and people yep. seem seem to be loving that
2: are they i haven't checked i haven't read well from from what from
0: what i hear uh the hubbub is that all the pain of one more day has been (laughs) has been has been made worth it with brand new day they say brand new day amazing
1: spider-man right now amazing spider-man is 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 a and i'm trying to avoid wearing the marvel guy cap i mean yeah we know that's Pretty much what brought me to the dance, but
0: we're proud. But I'm I'm,
1: I'm I'm a comic book fan and and I don't want to just focus I don't want everything to come out of my mouth while we're doing this to be pro-marvel joke you can do no wrong, but I've been reading amazing spider-man I, I was reading well you remember I was reading it during Civil War yeah. and I I've I've been reading amazing spider-man and and all And dude, we both went through that well-written but horribly illustrated sensational Spider-Man annual. So we've we've seen, we've seen Spider-Man through his ups (laughs) and his downs and, and the Eisner nominated. nominated.
0: Oh, please don't, don't, don't bring it (laughs)
1: up. Hopefully just, just for writing. I'm hoping the, uh, but as, as of amazing Spider-Man, once the new status quo went into place, aside from, Maybe a misstep or two art-wise. I haven't. I haven't felt that the writing is being. I haven't felt the writing is forced. I just everything's pretty much moving at a decent enough clip. I have no problems at all with the current direction of Spider-Man. The art you've had, even even the Larocca issues, they weren't all. One hundred percent good or bad, either way. They he had his he had some very strong points. It wasn't it wasn't new universal Rocca. It was, it was it wasn't bad artwork, even in the Bob Gale written Amazing Spider Man issues. So no, I've I've really been especially the recent Chris Piccolo issues have go. been beautiful to look at, and and and, and a slightly different looking Spider Man at that. But I have had no problems whatsoever with the with the recent amazing spider-man run
0: i've heard comments ranging from this is what the book felt like when i was first buying it in the early 80s which is a you know a hell of a compliment Mm -hmm. to to you know uh this is the best the book has ever been and it's 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 exciting because anything's possible with peter now and so uh, there are people who claim that brand new day uh, or, I'm sorry. One more day was worth it. So obviously people are buying it at the, at my local comic shop. The setup is uh, about 16 foot racks, um, tiered up to maybe the height of eight comics. So you figure in a, in a 16 foot rack, you can put maybe 16 comics. Let's just uh, say he has one entire rack of Amazing Spider-Man. Every week, he'll he'll put the, the new issue next to it. And when he first started, he had about a stack of maybe 80, 90 books on the rack. Mm-hmm. There are not too many of the early uh, weekly issues left. So somebody's buying this stuff. And and yeah. he, he makes it so that you can come in and buy, like, say, two or three months of Spider-Man at cover price. So he knows that... That's the that's the key is is to get somebody in on the ground floor, which would, goes back to what we were saying with this whole uh, scrawl thing. Wipe them clean. It worked for Spider Man, and and if there's ever a book that besides Wolverine that uh, can use a good scrubbing, it's the X Men continuity.
2: <laughs> that's a mess. Hey Vince. Hey Hey Chris. What's the best comic book on the shelves these days?
0: The absolute best. Are we talking? Uh, mainstream or independent? <laughs> Who cares? What's the best book on the shelves these days? We uh, were talking about it last night, brother. Y- well, we yeah, I was just going to say that. I was going to say it regardless. The best book on the stands, in my opinion, is Fear Agent.
2: You know what I picked up today at the comic shop? What'd you get? Did you see uh, Tales of the Fear Agent came out today in trade? Uh, did it? You're, yeah. Do you remember all those all those great backup stories in, in Fear Agent? Oh, they Whenever couldn't... they. They collected it as a trade. Awesome. And I'm looking through it. And Hillary Barda. I didn't realize how much stuff that that Hillary was doing with the with all the the different backup stories. But he's got stories in here that he wrote, that he drew, that he inked, and mm-hmm. it's stuff. Um, um, have either one of you guys checked out a book called White Picket Fences coming out from Ape Entertainment?
0: I keep hearing about it.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't mm-hmm. read it, but I did see it.
2: It's um, um, art was done by Micah Farreter, who's one of my favorite unknown artists uh, uh, by a lot of comic fans out there. If you have a chance, he did some stuff in uh, in Rick Remender's other book, Strange Girl. And I love Micah Farreter's art. And there's there's a really fun story in in Tales of the Fear Agent in, in here. So I was just uh was flipping through that while you guys were talking about Spider Man. I was I, big, I would mention it. I
0: was a big Strange mm-hmm. Girl fan. That that series ended way too soon. Do you
2: remember the issue where where she goes into hell? Mm-hmm. And it was the, the whole dominatrix issue and all that. Do you remember that? Oh,
0: yeah. He drew that?
2: Yeah, that was Michael Farrier. Excellent. Yes, he and is f- awesome.
0: Strange Girl always made me feel kind of icky because she's supposed <laughs> to be a, a tween. And they, mm-hmm. they drew her so damn sexy. I was like, ooh, a little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, getting a chubby over this girl who's not legal. So, But, uh, yeah, definitely Fearigen, I think, is the best. And I think Tony Moore better step up his game a little bit because <laughs> the guy they have on it now with, um, what's his name? I, I can never remember. Jerome O'Pena. Right. Jerome O'Pena. Right, mm-hmm. O'Pena. He is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, he's the shit.
0: Uh, I uh, each successive issue he draws I just he just keeps getting better and he has this Al Williamson Tony Moore kind of uh little bit of Mike Plug type mix to his mm-hmm. art. It, it it looks like classic adventure comic art. It's just brilliant. I love it. And we were uh, talking,
2: um, we were talking on an around comics uh, episode and Scotty is a huge fan. Uh, Scotty Young is a, is a huge fan of, of open and work. One of the things that he's, that he commented on, and I've gone back and I've looked at it is right. Is that is that he throws a lot of stuff at the camera? Is mm-hmm. how Scott is it, and it, you go back and you look at it, and it it's they're very dynamic pages and panels, and there's a lot of action busting out of the page coming at you, and that it, it's perfect for a for a sci-fi adventure book like your Agents*.
0: So I'm guessing that the move to Dark Horse really benefited that book.
2: Um, yeah. Um, I've I've a. I have guesses on why they did that, and and I don't think that you have to look any farther than your nearest Cineplex.
0: Right. I would say Mike Richardson can probably make it uh, facilitate the move to film a lot easier than Eric Larson.
2: Yeah, that, that's my guess on on why they did that, and you know uh, all the guys that are involved in that book still do a ton of stuff at Image, but yeah, I think that was I think that was very much a a Hollywood. Inspired move to Dark Horse, and that's my guess.
0: Can you imagine a Fear Agent movie? That would be so cool. Who would you cast?
2: Oh God, as As, as Heath, I'm I'm terrible at this. Um, um, How old is Uh, she supposed uh, to be? Um, Thirty-five-ish. Yeah, around there.
0: I would say like what? Around forty. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I have the perfect choice. And it's Chris Isaac.
2: <laughs> oh, he's got the look, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, maybe because I'm, I'm Matthew McConaughey's far too young then. Chris Isaac can act.
2: He's you know, McC- yeah. act you know what? McConaughey. I like I like McConaughey. I think Chris Isaac is not rough and tumble enough. Oh, I think I, I, I think he could be. Yeah. yeah, I don't I
1: don't I don't see Isaac going through too many motions like uh,
2: Christian Bale or Tom Jane to 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 toughen up for a part. I like the McConaughey. I think I think that would work real well. He's a Texas guy, isn't he?
1: Yes.
2: He's got that. Yeah. You know, I love I love him in a time to kill. There you go. I, right. I kinda like that one. Yeah. So I'm I'm going with David on that one, Vent. Sorry. And man. and, and oh. what
0: what was the fear agent's name? The heavy set guy with the with the mustache?
2: Oh yeah. Uh Wilfred uh, Brimley. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wilford Brimley.
0: <laughs> Wilfred Brimley's still hard.
1: yes yes even the diabetes has not killed him yet
0: diabetes (laughs) make make it happen make fear agent happen that'd be (laughs) awesome
2: i you know what i i have a feeling that by the end of this year i I have, I have a. It's just, it's too good. It's too good of a concept. And you know what's going to happen? Book movies are too hot. In Indiana gonna Jones happen.
0: is going to tear it up naturally, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. adventure genre genre. Listen, I sound like a truck driver. The the sorry for all you truck drivers. The uh, adventure <laughs> genre is going to be really hot with the studios again.
1: So oh, yeah.
0: it's going to you know grease the wheels a little bit better for Fear Agent. That's awesome.
1: But but is. Uh, is Dark Horse in a position right now to because they they had two two Alien versus Predator movies? Did either of them do anything? Oh, they were horrible.
2: Well, hey, they they got a, they got one getting ready to come out that's going to do all right. Oh boy, too. Oh yeah, yeah. you're absolutely
1: yeah. right, and and and, <laughs> and they and they're going to have the adaptation for uh, for the Indy Four movie. Yeah. So Dark Horse so, will be connected to, to good movies this year. So maybe you know that between Indiana Jones and Hellboy, that could be the one to mm-hmm. push them to get back and say, "Listen, you know, all right, we might have misstepped with A V P, but uh,
2: Misstepped? Ah. They,
0: they fell off the cliff with that <laughs> one." <laughs> you know, I I don't
2: know how much they had to do with the movie. They um, they have anything to do with Thirty Days a Night or is that all IDW?
1: I thought that's IZW. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought. I
2: thought yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. It, you got to you know, give it is, it, is a, it is 11 o'clock comics. I'm getting a little fuzzy here. So.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> you got to give Mike Richardson a little bit of credit. The guy's a survivor.
2: Oh, yeah. He, he oh, knows
0: oh, how to get his shit out there.
2: A little bit of credit. I tell you what, right now, Dark Course and, believe it or not, Dynamite are two of my favorite publishers. Dynamite's kicking ass right now.
1: The only thing I like from Dynamite is the boys. I love that book. Oh,
2: dude, have you been reading Lone Ranger or Zorro? No. Uh, Oh, but see,
1: Zorro is something I want to check out because Wagner's writing it. Ding. Yeah.
2: All right, we covered.
1: We got the the, the (laughs) Raka, and we got the the, Wagner, and we got the Kirby. Yeah.
2: So we're good. So a Kirby reference, dude. Zorro (laughs) is really good, and uh, Francesco Francavilla doing art. So. Who who did a series with Rick Remender and Seth Peck called Sorrow. So it was great. The last, I really, I,
0: mm-hmm. the last issue of Sorrow, <laughs> it was foul, man. That last issue, yeah. just the language alone. Oh, you guys are killing me, man!
2: How did you interpret that last panel?
0: Do we really want to let that go? I mean, it's still pretty fresh.
2: Okay, uh, well, we'll, we'll hold on that. We'll, okay, we'll for, come back for, to Sorrow. for for horror fans especially like 80s um teen horror go check out Sorrow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's beautifully illustrated. Lobo, what do you think of the last panel? I know uh-huh. he has an opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So, there you go. Look at that. We're we're in it under in an hour. Maybe we should keep going.
2: Let's do it. Grip the, and rip it, I got I I got at least a half a, a half glass of whiskey here. Well, we
0: want to keep it within a manageable size because if <laughs> we start going down the bullpen bulletins road, we'll be here all night. And we can do oh, it. Yeah. We we've proven that.
1: <laughs> we don't have to prove it anymore. That's right. It's
0: out of our system. But <laughs> I I do want to thank two people who were a little bit involved in the pre-production of this uh, episode. Ian Levenstein helped me out in Skype testing my uh, recording settings because after the bullpen ended, I just wiped <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wiped all the audio stuff. And No remnants. Uh, Ian Levenstein of Comic Timing, who it's just entering its second year, I believe. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, Geek Speak Geek Speak Report, he helped me out a little bit and our very own Thomas Stephen Caters from around I love Tom. <laughs> I, I nearly shit my pants when he was going when you get when Chris was reading the
2: list. And he goes,
0: yes. Yes, yes.
1: yes. That's right.
2: <laughs> he, he hates it whenever I read lists. He hates Yes, it. I don't blame him.
0: I can tell <laughs> <laughs> You should you, you know what you should read more lists because it seems to bring out really good uh comedic um. bits in him.
2: Apparently. And then and then we had the dog attack centrist, which was fun.
0: No, that episode was great. And that and, was awesome. And I think you should nail John to the chair. Don't let him get away. John is just yeah.
2: you I know love- I, I- I love John to death, but um, we're really gonna we're really gonna shoot for a dinner a dinner for five um, a feel for the show. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a bunch of different people in there. You want to hear from Hillary Barda again? Yes, we're gonna go get him. Um, is you it know, too
0: early to um, let go with the name that you let me in on last night, or is that something you want to keep for a surprise?
2: Oh uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, it's not my show. You do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: uh, and David will probably um, uh, dig this one as well. Uh, there was a little signing at at, uh, at Dark Tower about a month or so ago. Um, uh, a gentleman who's who's been doing some uh, interesting, like independent horror movie work, but used to work for Marvel back in uh, back in the day, I guess, and uh, also did some novelization and adaptation work. Uh, Don is a native Chicago- Chicagoan and is going to sit in on an episode here in oh, the beginning of July or so, so we're looking forward to having him. Very th-
0: cool. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you got... Uh squeaked with the uh, skype when you said his last name so if if oh if don any, don glut don glut he's awesome mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's when you told me that it brought me way way back to my childhood oh, yeah. because that's a name i've been hearing forever uh he he was one of the first uh after harry housen don glut made stop-motion animation movies in his basement way back when uh, he he made these clay dinosaurs and animated them, and uh, I was real big into Super 8 movies in the early 70s. I think everybody, every kid was. And uh, there was a Starlog publication called Cinemagic, and Don Glutt was all over the place in that in that magazine, and it, his name just stuck with me. And then, uh, you know, through comic fandom, I heard of Don Glutt doing adaptations of Frankenstein. He took the original mm-hmm. Frankenstein novel and took it in these weird and wacky directions, uh, which I think they're still available. Uh, He did a series of seven or nine. They're really good. Uh, So yeah, I can't wait to hear that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, comic book fans, you know, uh, like me will, you you may not, may not ring a bell right off the bat, but you go back and you look at all those great Marvel, what issues. And Don Glutt wrote a lot of those great classic. What ifs. So that, that's what I'm excited to talk with him about is, right. is the whole "what if" universe that, that he helped create. So, and he also did the, the novelization for *Empire Strikes Back*, which is, is certainly cool.
0: But that sold yeah. like four million copies.
2: Yeah, he probably made more money on that than anything else ever done.
0: The guy's a trailblazer. I, I'm going to be very, mm-hmm. uh, very eager to ask him about his filmmaking
2: days
1: that really cool. and you're
2: gonna yeah yeah you're gonna be a guest on that as well. So Damn. we'll make sure and, and call you up. So what else be excited about comics right now? I, I, it, should we should we wrap up with that or how we looking timewise?
0: We're 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 pretty good. Uh, we got about ten okay. minutes. About ten minutes. Okay. Did
1: did, did we actually did we? I, I know we introduced ourselves. We told everybody that they're gonna get us weekly, but and and we're just. Well, but we did we we did say that you know we're just going to be free flowing, free shooting, no audio, right. so, audio verite. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so we did. All right. See, I'm I'm still a few minutes behind. That's okay. <laughs> drink drink up, babe. I'm working on, buddy.
0: <laughs> but uh, I don't think we've decided where this is going to be
1: available, did we? Well, if you still have that uh, that little. Area in your iTunes under podcast subscriptions. If it still says bullpen bulletins, we have. Uh, I, I think we're going to dust off that feed and release this through there. But um, I think we're all scattered enough. We're all scattered around enough where that I will make this known on the Marvel Noise forum and and on my on my. Mm-hmm. Blog. I know. I. I would imagine that Chris is going to let people know about it on the Around Comics forum. Uh, no, Ben's I'm keeping just, it a secret. You're going to keep a secret. Yeah. It's freaking um, Tom. Tom
0: didn't even know. Oh wow. Damn. You don't tell him nothing. <laughs> no. Tom's like, really? You're doing a show. This, <sighs> Chris didn't tell you. Uh, <sighs> no.
2: You didn't tell me about Tom versus the JLA. Fuck. Oh him. damn. Oh damn. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I another love, thing. I I love
0: Tom. Right, we got to plug Tom vs. JLA, knocking them mm-hmm. dead. Even the hardest-to-please comic fan have found something mm-hmm. to enjoy with uh, Tom vs. JLA. Best podcast on the net. Well, yes. t- until now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now it's just the best under 15-minute podcast on the net. There you yeah. go. Um, there you go. No, I, I. So you'll be able to subscribe through... Go to iTunes, pop in bullpen bulletins. B- It'll be on that feed. But uh,
0: come to our MySpace page. <laughs> oh <good>
1: God! <laughs> you, you know yeah. what
2: I'm. You know what I. You know what I'm looking forward to more than anything with this is is not doing a show because you know. I already do that. David does that, and Vince. I think bullpen bulletins really kind of became a grind for you. So it's not about doing a show. I'm looking forward to taking an hour in the middle of the week and just talking to two of my best buddies there you and go. just talking Your about hair. comics and and, yeah. and having fun with it. So, but you know what, we do need this show needs more wood.
0: I was gonna see. I was gonna let that be a little bit of a teaser for next episode. But what the hell? Mm-hmm. Let's release it. There will be a fourth member to this little cast are uh you know him as wood on the cgs forum with the little uh what the hell deadpool avatar <laughs> that he has yeah. but uh we know him as uh jason wood and i don't think there's a more opinionated comics fan out there which is why i had to grab him because i he's always has something intelligent well thought out to say about a lot of different aspects of the comic. Um Industry and other things as well. So I, I thought he was the perfect fit and these guys did too. So, uh, Mr. Wood will be joining us next episode. Well, he's a, no, he's on vacation what, now. So
2: what it is, I've, I'm always the one that gets beat up on our show. You know, they make fun <laughs> of me and I, I, I love you guys like brothers. So I need someone in my life that I can be an absolute <laughs> bastard to. And, and I don't know Wood very well, so he's um, I figure he's perfect. Yeah, he's a prince.
0: He's a, I, I, one of those but guys. Don't, don't
2: say don't say that because I want to be a prick to him.
0: Yeah, well, I think he'll charm you. I, I yeah. do. I do. But we'll, we'll see. I thought it was the Jewish guy we all beat up on. Isn't doesn't that the way it works? It's like Wait, we, it we, always we, has been. I don't we, see why that should change. We we have a weekly segment. Let's pile on the Jewish yeah, guy. <laughs> I'm a Jew. <laughs> see, I I always thought of the the, the term. <laughs> the appellation the uh, Jew as somewhat disrespectful. Did, do you mind when when you, do you say I'm a Jew or do you say I'm Jewish?
1: I well, this is me you're talking to, so I mean I don't know if 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 other people in my family, most people would probably say I'm Jewish, which is okay. Which is always odd mm-hmm. because it's like, well, are you American? Are you African American? Are you black? Are you white? Are, are you are you Jewish? Jew, Jew is, being Jewish is a religion, so it's not like it's it's an. I don't see it as an ethnicity, but no, I'm I, I don't I don't refer to myself as a kike. I don't call other people Ooh. kikes, but I'll say I'll say I'll say Jew. <laughs> okay. I'll say oh he's a Jew or I'm a Jew. You know I'm, i I will if it's someone I don't know, or I'm introducing myself or it's coming up in casual conversation. I'll say I'm Jewish, but I mean like I'll be like if if something goes crazy at work and I walk into the room and everybody either gets all quiet or something goes wrong, then, you know, I'll usually say, well, we can blame the Jew or something like mm-hmm. that. So I'll, I'll, you know, bring the attention to myself. I don't care about that. But no, I I believe most people in my family
2: would, would say that they're Jewish.
1: Yeah. It's a funny word, Jew, isn't it? <laughs> like
2: Jew. That was the backup name for the show. It's 11 o'clock <laughs> comics. It was going to be called whack jew jew <laughs>
1: I forget 11 o'clock comments with, with, with Vince, Chris, and the Jew. <laughs> Blame the Jew. That's
0: brilliant <laughs> Oh, that's not nice. I love David. I would hope so. That was that was the one thing about ending bullpen bulletins that really bothered me was, it was, was bad. Was, no, it was, <laughs> it was It was was not doing my weekly thing with David, and then now we have every opportunity to just go nuts with this shit mm-hmm. because yeah. we can talk about anything. We could spoil. We have more opportunity now to spoil things for David than ever before.
1: Yeah, oh, because they, they, David is very very far behind on reading anything that's not. Marvel, so so they have to get us active. Actually, I did read uh, to show you just how far behind I am. I recently finished the first issue of Wonder Lost, and (laughs) I'm reading. I'm about to read the second issue now. But the uh, I have thanks to the fabulous Pat Loika who stayed at my place. On
0: uh, I got a Pat Loika story. Go ahead, keep going. Okay, uh,
1: (laughs) everybody's got a Pat. He stayed at my place following the New York Comic Con. He, uh, he left behind the first issues of Northlanders, which I'm finally going to get to read, and uh, Young Liars by David Lapham. So oh,
0: I loved both of them.
1: I, I do plan on reading something that I'll be able to contribute to some conversations, and I'm not just back here going, yeah, okay, I'll wait for you to chime in.
0: You always contribute. So I, I'm walking around the parking lot today at work during, on my break, trying to get a little bit of exercise. I'm coming up a hill. I look down. What do I see? A condom. All right,
1: (laughs) who do I immediately
0: think of? That's your Pat. Pat Loika. So I've I have this weird association of condoms with Pat Loika. But anyway, keeping on the Pat Loika riff, I do not put too much interest in Christmas. Jesus is not my co-pilot. I really don't care about the holiday. But I do enjoy spending time with my kids. So other than that, I don't pay any attention to anything involving the holidays Christmas cards come a million and one different people can send me Christmas cards I never even see them my wife takes them puts them on this little Christmas card arrangement thing on the wall that she has takes them down and she's the type of person that saves Christmas cards she'll put them away so uh, we were cleaning and she had her little stack of Christmas cards and she said there's a weird one in there for you and I said, I, you know, what the hell are you talking about? I have no idea. Well, why didn't you show it to me when it came? She said, Oh, you know how you are with Christmas cards. And I, I go in there and it's a drawing from Pat Loika. Mm-hmm. He sent me a drawing of Darkseid. Nice. And it, and, and he's holding up an iPod and he says, I want my bullpen bulletins, but it, <laughs> but it. But it's an original Pat Loika, and I didn't see it at the time he sent it. Didn't thank him, so he probably thinks I'm the biggest dick in the world.
2: I got a Casanova Quinn and um, um, Sasha Bordeaux. Really? Yeah.
0: Cool. So, you know, just to... I know I can't redeem myself now, but I have to thank Pat Loika for that awesome drawing that he sent me at Christmas time that I just saw three weeks ago.
1: I have uh, for Christmas last year. He sent me a scroll dressed up like Dr. Stephen Strange. Cool. Because he knows how much I would hate for Strange to be a Skrull.
2: Yeah. So that was, that <laughs> Sorry. was that ribbing me
1: because he really does feel that Strange um, is a scroll.
2: Um, yeah, he is.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Yeah. All right. You say what you want. Hey man, I, um, the, the, the seeds have been planted. The, the big hints were dropped. Um, yeah, strange as a scroll. All right, we'll see. I'm telling. Okay, I'll put I'll put a little money on it. You know, put all fiver, put a right. fiver put a fiver. <laughs> put a all fiver come, you know? it, it
0: all comes back to scrolls, doesn't it?
1: Uh,
2: it all
0: comes back to betting. You know what? I just have to say <laughs> something while we're talking about uh, good comics, recent good comics. In typical Chris Neesman fashion, you picked the absolute worst time in the history of Witchblade to drop the title. That's all I'm going to say. Damn it! You know I hung
2: in there for a hundred issues. I
0: know, and then you dropped it. Which blade is fricking great now? Um, Ron Mars. Yeah, and, right. Uh,
1: and Sedgwick. I, is I he, still, still he still drawing it? Yeah, he,
0: still, um, still drawing it. He's on. He's locked in that book for at least three years.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I actually I met him in New York at the Hero booth. Really nice guy. Actually, his wife, total sweetheart. Her name's Linda, and she's uh, she's an, an artist as well. Really, really nice people, and he is ridiculously talented. She hot? Um, she's very, she's very cute in a very Eastern European way. Yeah.
0: Oh, she's exotic then. There you go. Yeah, but she's very I, sweet. I, 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 he. That was like one of the first times, one of the only times in in the, in the past. Ooh, in the, one of the only times in the past couple of years that. <laughs> It's, it's bullpen bulletins, 33 all over again.
2: What, what's happening?
0: i getting like this. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what was I going to say? I don't even remember. Oh, um, uh, Cedric's art. The, one of those times where you look at an artist's work and you're just changed by it. Like, why have I never seen this before? And this guy just totally just... Knocks you on your ass and changes everything. That's his work. It's brilliant. And yeah. it's perfect I, fit for that title, too.
2: Oh, and I asked him um, how, how long he wants to stay on Witchblade, and he said he's got something like, like a 44 issue commitment or yeah. something yep. on it. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's yeah. going to be on it for a long time.
0: And Mars too. Mars is locked in. So it's wow. just, yeah, they, they've created a mythology for the character that is just really cool. It's, it's not a TNA book anymore. That's for damn sure. There, so, there are, there are elements of that in it. Like they, that Danny Baptiste is uh-huh. a looker and so is Sarah, but sure. that's, uh, tertiary to the book. It's not even secondary anymore. It's They're good-looking women, but that's not the point of the title anymore, so which
2: is women, what, what issue? What issue is a good one to, to pick it up and, and start getting back into it.
0: 101. 101, really? <laughs> Be, because you dropped it. Uh, Mars started around issue 84 or 85. Yeah. So from 85 to 100, he was just laying the groundwork. But when you see Danny Baptiste come into it, that's when it really kicks into high gear and it gets extremely readable, very good book. Big, big, big props to Top Cow. They, I, you guys know my tastes. Would I ever buy a book like Witchblade? As
1: so long as yeah. it keeps Mars away from would. Green
0: Lantern, I'm happy.
1: <laughs> oh, David.
0: David, you got to bring us down all the time. That's Venom. Such, such anger. I know. No. You know it's because he's Jewish that they all have. That's got to be
1: it. In the
0: <laughs> Jew. <laughs> all right. That's about it. So uh, let's put the cap on this one until next week. And like I said, you'll be able to find us in the same spot every week. We don't know what that spot is yet. But, one, <laughs> but, but once we find it, that, that's where we'll be.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we'll be dusting off any forums anytime
0: soon. Uh, you know, there, we, have, <laughs> we have options. We need a forum. Okay. That, that's what really pulls me in, man, is the forum. Makes it fun.
2: Yeah, we can
0: maybe make
2: accommodations. I'll yeah, just we'll, talk to the boss.
0: We'll see what's going on. <laughs> so uh, I hope you had a good time. I know I did. I had a great
1: time. I uh, had a blast. I it, don't care what anybody else thinks.
0: Right. It's only going to get better from here. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, you know, uh, I can't speak for everyone, but for Vince B, I hope you had a good time, and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm. Say your peace, gentlemen.
1: Good night, Chris. Good night, David. Have a good great night, night, Vince. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Ah, it's good to be back, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, I love it.
2: Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> Oh, yeah.